0: All right, guys, what is up? So what you're about to listen to is a staff meeting I was asked to participate in with a gym owner I've had the privilege of working with, um, Tommy Allen out of District H in Texas. He's got a a really good business. He's done very well at that location. And now like most sophisticated micro gyms, his biggest challenge is HR, is making sure that his staff can grow with the business, that they can generate the income they want, knowing full well that each of them as they mature in their craft are gonna find different niches within the fitness industry that they wanna pursue and become maybe subject matter experts in. Ultimately, that's really the the key way as you progress in your career in the fitness industry is niching in. You never heard of anyone who's the best general physical group fitness class coach you know, having the career that most of us dream of. right? It's typically going to be someone who is niched into something. So this was a conversation I had with them. I gave a little presentation. There's a bunch of video clips of this floating around on the internet right now, but uh, essentially you're going to get the idea as to how I propose to them and what you and your staff can p- be thinking of as to how to niche in and establish a much higher value proposition as a coach in the fitness industry by becoming a subject matter expert. Enjoy.
1: So I've, um, I've had the distinct pleasure of working with Stu for the last about four months. He's been helping me navigate some of the very specific problems that I've been trying to solve with the business. And I'm sure you guys are probably seeing some of the, um, you know, some of that implemented in your daily life, but specifically I wanted to bring Stu on today to talk about marketing. He, um, I think one of his unique geniuses as an individual is his ability to talk about marketing and implementing different strategies that um, I think will benefit you all. We'll talk about our decentralized marketing kind of system that we're going to implement after Stu's presentation, but he's here today to talk a little bit about what he has seen work you know, with a lot of his clients that he consults with. Um, Another gentleman named Boris Keswick was supposed to join us as well, but his daughter is sick, so he's going to be sending me a recording talking about personal branding um, and how we can implement that within the marketing. So without further ado, Stu, I hope I teed that up properly for you, but I'll let you take it from here.
0: Good man. Can I get a uh, screen recording uh, permission or screen sharing permission? Cool. All righty, guys. Um, so I'm going to, yeah, I'm just going to, I don't want to do the whole who I am kind of thing. Uh, Tommy can fill you in on all that and background and all that stuff. But essentially, I work with a lot of micro gyms, fitness businesses in which there is a, there's one owner, there's many employees. And there's, with that being said, there's One owner who has a very specific end goal, make a profitable business. And then there's many employees with many other fucking goals. They have lots of individual unique things that they all want to accomplish. Ideally, the common denominator I find is they would love to stay in the fitness industry, making the kind of money they want to make. And then generally, they find a niche in the fitness industry they get really interested in and they want to pursue. I think very few people, and there's nothing wrong with this if anyone on this call wants to, but very few people want to just be a generalist coach in a generalist group class setting for forever. And there would be nothing wrong if you did. There's general practitioners that make really good money, and that's what they do. What I typically find is that most people that wanting to niche, does anyone currently right now have a sector of the fitness industry? They kind of prefer, like if they got to coach a certain client who wanted a certain thing, that would tickle their fancy more than, I just want to lose 20 pounds. Could you like raise a hand and let me know if you have a specific niche in the fitness industry you enjoy fucking with more than others? One, one person. Ray. Okay. Let's try it this way. Is everyone here completely content? because this is going to shape my presentation is everyone here completely content coaching just kind of general fitness i want to lose 20 pounds i want to throw the ball further i want to pull up and that is like that's what i want to do
2: no, no.
0: okay can i get like some part like so what, what let me throw this because this is going to direct the kind of this talk. I can't help you market unless I know what it is you want to do. What do you want to do with your role in the fitness, with what you do in the fitness industry, if you want to stay in the fitness industry?
2: Who's going first?
1: Um, I personally want to get rid of all, like, the bullshit that's going around in the fitness industry right now. Like, very much evidence-based, scientific approach. Like, these methods work. Like... You don't need to be doing hit. You don't need to be doing keto. You just need to be in a calorie deficit doing some strength training weekly and
0: like that it's kind a, of shit. You have what I call UBF. You need belief in fitness. You have, uh, you have a, a thesis or many theses that you believe in. You think the other ones are bullshit and you
2: want to kind of push that message forward.
0: Sure. Great. Cool. What else?
2: Uh, my ultimate goal would be to be quality control for coaches because I believe that a lot of coaches suck. okay
0: cool so you've got a you've got a thought process that there are certain characteristics and behaviors that make a coach a shitty sucky coach and there are other characteristics and behavior that'll make you a world-class professional do these not that
2: yes correct and i've had 15 years of being a coach to the point where i feel like i'm better at teaching new coaches how to be better than caring about somebody if somebody can do a tipping pull. great cool
0: grand anyone else got anything um, I would
2: say, sorry,
3: I would say similar to Robert, but I am more passionate, kind of like you were talking about the niche. Like, I like working with women specifically who want to get strong, like, kind of just diminishing the whole bullshit of like, let's get on the treadmill and not eat anything and be skinny and toned. Like, no, like, let's actually lift weight, get strong, and
0: things like that. Beautiful. Thank you guys so much for framing that up. That just kind of gives me a little context to this whole thing. So, um, and I'm going to try to go into presenter mode real quick. I'm going to minimize this Just go to slideshow. All right. So the bottom line is whatever it is you want to do in the fitness industry, I don't care how good you actually are at your thing. Nobody gives a shit unless mm-hmm. you talk about it or you get the rare, the rare opportunity to show them in real time. You guys have been able to show in real time, real people that you can physically touch, you know hundreds of people maybe a a gentleman mentioned he was 15 years in maybe we've hit a thousand people but at the end of the day what you're going to be get the opportunity to do in the fitness industry has everything to do with what people perceive your subject matter expertness is in and if you do not talk about what it is you know nobody will ever know and nobody will ever care. Like the if a mime gets shot in the face in the woods, does anybody care? That kind of a saying, right? So as we move through this, work for somebody, here's kind of the way it goes. You, you can clock in, clock out, coach class, coach people, leave, work out, go home, and that's it. Eventually though, if you do not have another disproportionate value to provide to the company or- you don't really dive into a certain area that you find enriching, you're going to quit or you're going to get replaced because the clock in, clock out, coach a class, coach PT, that's replaceable all day, every day. What's not replaceable is when you've really developed an authority around a topic where you have a special niche and an understanding because you've personally invested time, energy, and effort to educate yourself. It could be through extracurricular education, following YouTube channels, podcasts, reading books, or you've just specifically kind of gone after specific clients. Maybe you've sat down and you've, you know, uh, for the guy who was telling me, you know, there's shitty coaches do these things, great coaches do these things. Maybe you've created kind of a framework like the seven uh, you know b- the seven things I look for in a coach to determine wor- if you're worth a shit or not. Maybe you've come up with your own kind of framework for critiquing coaches and developing their skill set, whatever that is. Now, here's the here's the the, the double-edged sword that Tommy and, and people who own businesses have to run into. You know, when you work for a small business that's doing well, like district is, you guys have opportunities for yourselves that would not be capable anywhere else. If you want to go work for Velocity Sports Performance, D1 Sports Training, Orange Theory, Barry's Bootcamp, you name the big company, I promise you, you have a 19th of the chance to make the money you want and have the fulfillment you want to have in your career versus working for a small business. What other coaches end up deciding is I'm not going to go for a large company, I'll go start my own thing. And less than 5% of them ever make it. I mean, small businesses fail at over 50% anyway in the fitness industry. It's in that 80 plus percent range of people who fail at the five-year mark. So you have these two. And like, and that's why I think Tommy's having me and Boris come in here. Is like the goal is to help you guys find, you know, your marketing niche, the thing that you're gonna like doing to help propel your name up. To the top of that subject matter expertness, whether it's hyper locally where you're where you guys are, or whether it becomes you know digitally on the internet and you get known for a thing, you know. Imagine if one of you guys had shitty knees, and you tried playing basketball and your knees were all shitty, and then all of a sudden you started studying Charles Poliquin, and Louis Simmons and Dave Tate videos of sled pushing, and you realize oh my god it fixed my knees, and then you started making some YouTube videos. And then fast forward 19 months, you're on Joe Rogan. Your name is Ben Patrick and you're a knees over toes guy. Like that's like an example, a crazy far end of the spectrum example of like a coach who went down a niche that interests them and created content around it. Now, if Ben Patrick had worked for Tommy, I'm sure Tommy would have found a way for fucking district to play ball and participate in his interest because he saw that this individual tr- was a great coach, truly cared about the niche, and was marketing it in a way that allowed his natural storytelling to work, to pierce through the veil of all the fucking noise on social media. I, I always tell these two stories and I'm not gonna harp on this too. The woman to the left is the GM She was a co- that I hired. She was a client for about a year. I hired her as a part-time coach and she was my general manager for the f- micro gym that I owned for over a decade. Um, she literally created her own opportunity to write the rules she was able to create her own paycheck how much she made what she did she got to create her entire org chart and it's because she invested herself in the business side and really wanting to know the numbers and grow and understanding how do you grow a gym she really went deep into the business side and she became one of the best general managers i've ever worked with and i've worked with many The woman on the right, her name is Finley. She started off as a client turned coach turned assistant manager, general manager, and now she works at corporate for a brand called Metabolic. Again, these are two examples of employees who were doing just the normal employee thing, but they found something they were really interested in. For Isaac, it was org chart, HR development and training. It was quality control and logistics. For Finley, She brought the, the only reason that brand metabolic has a nutrition blueprint. And that is because of Finley, the, a lot of the grittiness of that brand and the essence of what's happening on a quality control and like a a marketing level is because of her. These are just two cool stories of like nobody employees, like just regular employees at these two small companies that were able to write themselves their own position, their own paycheck and do what it is they wanted to do because they found the area in the business that they enjoy. And I want you guys to think of that in terms of the area of fitness that you enjoy as a coach, because of the model that you guys have a district, you're able to deploy your unique teachings to clients in a one-on-one setting, group class, whatever it is. Um, This is something where you know the the goal for you guys is to get you to a point to where Tommy's getting DMs of Hey, so wait, 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 I saw some content or something. Like, do you have a coach? That did a thing that grew X amount of personal training that created this amazing framework for evaluating trainers. I heard you talk about it on a podcast, or I heard someone reference it. Can you tell me more about that? If all we do every day is walk in, coach clients, walk out again, it is a very replaceable skill set. And I, I know coaches hate hearing that. I hated hearing that too when my mentor told me that back in the day, but he wasn't wrong. There's there's a thousand green coaches lined up who want to get into the fitness industry. Where you have to separate yourself, again, is going to be in how you niche in the information you have and then what you do with it. Now, real quick, I got to get out of this slideshow because I need to see hands on this. Guys, does anyone here fucking hate social media? Like, it's like the bane of your existence. Okay. When I say social media, I'm talking like the video-based platforms: Facebook, uh, TikTok, shit like that, Instagram. All right. So Adam, what is your preferred communication style when it's not in person?
2: Do you, are you good at? You, are you good at writing? You're you're muted. I'm mute, homie. Yeah, I'm a writer by trade. So fuck yes, perfect.
0: Okay. Who else hates social media? Anyone else? Good, Robert. What communication style is more native to you? You know, organically.
2: You're muted too. This is called um, something along the lines of just
1: like being on video, but being on a podcast. I feel like I do really well with.
0: Okay, so you like the audio?
2: Yeah.
0: Awesome. Cool. So that's where I, that's where this thing is. Like everyone thinks like, Oh, do I have to make fucking, you know, a Ben Patrick style video? Do I have to fucking be this? Like, do I have to dance on TikTok? You do not. You do not at all. You essentially just need to find the one communication vehicle, which is video image or photo. It could be graphic as well. Audio podcasting or written word blog post, medium Substack. You have to just find the one genre that you do best in communicating and you need to start sharing what it is you know. If the 27 clients you work with individually are the only people that ever know how fucking smart you are, you will always be broke and poor and try to understand why didn't the fitness industry work out for me? And that's the truth. Like, I truly believe that everyone here has like these nuggets. Like, I bet you if we all sat around having a beer, we'd all be dropping bombs and shit. Like, fuck, I wish we were to record this conversation which could have made a great podcast or piece of content, but you all have experiences where if you lay down like what you learned and what you saw there, someone listening that doesn't know that, would be like, holy shit, that's a great point. I never thought of it like that. That's how you create influence. That's how you create future clients for yourself, future career opportunities for yourself, whatever it may be. Now, to fast forward this, I keep talking about being an SME. Here's just the five steps that you kind of look at like when you want to become a subject matter expert in something. You have to establish what aspect of fitness are you most interested in, and then you have to keep distilling that down, okay? My sister, she's a physical therapist, all right? So she started off, I like working with uh, fitness-based people. Then I got into, I like working with fitness-based people who are 55 and older. Then I got into, I like working with people who are 55 and older and have recently had acute surgery. She just kind of niched herself further and further in. Now she has a very specific client she does treat other clients, but her brand name locally in Charlotte, North Carolina, she's the physical therapist that people go to when they wanna get back to jogging, running, swimming, walking the dog, group fitness classes, whatever the fuck fitness thing they did. And they just had some type of one-off surgery. Now that took, I don't know, 120 articles, 17 podcast appearances, speaking at four or five different conferences, and doing a lot of free physical therapy work and letting getting permission for people to film it and getting hipaa compliances for her to get that reputation but that's the first thing niche yourself in like what is the tightest niche you could get into is anyone here afraid that what they enjoy isn't niche enough cool can someone give me another niche of something they enjoy doing i know we went through the around the room real quick but like give me like an uber specific like something uber specific like adam give me the example of like one element of the kind of that framework you developed like give me one characteristic of something that makes a coach shitty
2: too soft
0: too soft
2: doesn't run the room doesn't doesn't command respect as soon as they open their mouth doesn't you know is afraid to talk over people is afraid to to correct people just says oh great job that's to me that's shitty. Dude, Adam, if I you today, I go on godaddy.com
0: and I buy the domain nomoreshittycoaches.com with Adam Holman. And I start a podcast once a week where I talk about the one characteristic I see in amazing coaches. Then next week I talk about a characteristic I see in shitty coaches. I invite great coaches on the podcast. I have conversations with them. And I have reformed shitty coaches that you start working with that start becoming better coaches, right? Like Alcoholics Anonymous, Right? Yeah. hi, my name's Stu and I was a shitty coach and then I met Adam, right? Like that kind of <laughs> shit.
2: Yeah.
0: But you start thinking about, okay, what narrow aspect of that can I take this? Dedicate your, you know, your Malcolm Gladwell, 10,000 fucking hours of actually being good at it. It's one thing to say, man, I want to work with 55 and older after acute injury. But have you ever actually worked with anyone 55 and older after acute injury? And it's like, well, not yet. It's like, fuck it. Go get your hours in, get your reps. All of you seem to have been gone in a lot of reps. Create contract through your journey document your education. I had a guy tell me, Stu, I worked with this guy. He had one leg. He was 70 pounds overweight and I got him to be able to do a fucking strict bar muscle up. And I said, no, you didn't. You're a fucking liar. And he goes, no, I swear to God I did. I'm like, where's the proof? Well, I don't know, Mike. did you take a single video? Did you get a photo? Do you got a testimonial from the guy? Did you have a conversation with them afterwards? This is the, unfortunately, everything you say in the world going forward is bullshit until you prove people otherwise. There's just too many people in the fitness industry that are talking shit. Adam made a great point about that earlier. There's so many people out there just talking. I like you have to prove it. So if you're currently right now working with people doing good work and you're not documenting it to some degree, you need to start. Because that's the easiest content to make the stuff you're already doing. Um, demonstrating how you can benefit the company uh and and how you can create more work for the company, good work uh with this niche of information. This is where, like working in an organization like District, where Tommy will give you guys the autonomy to go ahead and really pursue your niches and the clients you work with and create content and things like that. The next stage of this is ultimately like. Tommy, you know, gets on a podcast, you know, two years from now, he's like, yeah, we didn't have a like an external coaching development program. Everything was internal. But dude, Adam's podcast just was so good. And I had people hitting me up all the time that he came to me goes, hey, Tommy, would you mind if I start, you know, talking to other gyms and stuff like that about how I would unfuck their coaching staff? And I gave him the green light because the dude it's bringing awesome talent. I'm getting great resumes on my desk every fucking month of people who want to come work here under Adam. It's given the brand really good attention and it's made him the amount of money he wants. So he's being compensated, right? And he's fulfilled. That's all I want in a business. I want my employees to make the money they want and be fulfilled and help me drive the brand forward. And everyone's going to do that in their own specific niche and SME. So, but that's a great way of doing it. Because if you're like, I'm really good at this, but there's not a business case study for it. I owned a, uh, a CrossFit gym and I had a coach that wanted to run a MoveNet class. And this is in 2013. I don't know if you guys know what MoveNet is. The natural guys, primal moving, rolling around. very. It was very hippy-dippy shit back then. It's very Edo Portal. like. It's more mainstream now. But back then I was like, get the fuck out, create a business case for me, man. I got these 26-year-old young kids that want to do CrossFit. This is at the height of CrossFit. I don't think think MoveNet's going to do it for us. He couldn't create a business case for it. And so it never went anywhere. All he had to have done is demonstrate to me there's a business case for it. I would have said, okay, now we're talking. So whatever you're interested in, especially while you're working in this like entrepreneurial role, right where you get to have these entrepreneurial tendencies you get to you know grow your niche without the risk of an entrepreneur without having to pay that rent every month without having to make sure staff payroll is being made all that stuff play with this stuff and get an idea how is this making me happy as a coach how is it helping the the business cuz even let's say one day you're like sorry Tommy I'm out I'm going to start my own thing well you better have a fucking business case as to how your thing helps a business if you're about to go start your own fucking business It'd be actually a really good tip for you to go ahead and, man, I grew this program inside of another gym and it was doing 20 grand a month. Now you have a business case where if you ever decided to leave, and this is the thing that great owners do, great owners aren't afraid of you becoming so good and popular and what your thing, they're afraid of you to go, right? They, we don't want to harness and keep people inside. We want you to achieve everything you can, you want and you can get. Hopefully we can be a part of that to help support you and keep it in-house, but that's, that's something you guys have got to think of is like, okay, this thing I'm doing, this niche, the 55 older acute people, is there, a, is there a business case for this? Because ultimately, we have to make money, whether you're working for someone or you're going to start your own thing, you're going to pitch it to Tommy, you know, he's going to get a lot of ideas pitched at him over the years. It's got to have a business case. Um I'm just gonna scroll through some of this stuff. You know, passion meets profit at uh, the intersection of awareness. Again, kind of going back to everything you guys know, unless uh, unless other people know you know it, it doesn't matter. There's a few hacks I've got for you guys um, for content creation. So as you're working within, within this niche, right? And maybe again, if you're still trying to figure it out, your niche, I, I more reps, I think you ultimately find the client and the style of client or the problems that clients have that you like. My favorite is coach's eye. This is a great app. If you've never seen this, um, essentially just allows you like high, like you always see this. If you ever have gone in a golf lessons before, I guarantee you they use some apps similar. You essentially can record movement of a client live in the session. And then after they leave, you can go back over and you can get angles created. You can create horsepower graphs. You can do an audio voiceover on it and kind of talk it through. And essentially all that, you're essentially creating content. You send it back to the client See if they're cool with you sharing it. And then you have something that's already made because you documented it. And now you can publish it to either social or to your blog or to whatever it is. And someone can see in real time how you took someone who moved like, eh, and you made a move like, yeah. And Coach's Eye is a great, easy hack for that. Any of you guys who do personal training? How many of you guys right now? Let me see your faces. Hold up one second. How many of you guys right now uh, do personal training or some kind of one-on-one coaching with people? Okay. How many of you have an iPad with you when you do it? How many of you have nothing with you when you do it? Yeah, I highly recommend. iPad. I like the iPad better than the phone because the phone, it gets confused with your personal texting and social media bullshit. But an iPad where you're just filming them when they do it, set it down, do whatever, film them while they do it, it just looks more high-end. The place where I go take golf lessons, they charge a fucking arm and a leg but it looks like that dude right there in the blue shirt. Like everything looks like, oh man, it looks like a high-end service. It really does. Versus like me just standing there and like counting reps and cheerleading you through it. I'm actually showing how technical I am. I'm showing you like the skill set of a movement professional, okay? I would highly recommend looking into this and and just, you know, investing in a $250 tablet and fucking doing this with your clients. And the Rolodex you'll have of content within just working with clients for a month or two that you can use in content promotion, is it's incredible. Um, let's see, the other one. this is the one that I really like for you guys. Shoot for each other. That's the hardest thing, well, how, like, I personally, when, when I was a trainer, I would never, like, I would not want to be doing too much filming while I'm coaching someone. They're paying me a lot of fucking money to coach them. Now, if I'm doing it where I'm filming it, Because I need to show them because we all know the benefit of having mirrors in a gym, right? It's not so you can see your biceps grow. It's so you can actually be kinesthetically aware of your shit movement. Like good coaching facilities always have a mirror somewhere or they have some way to show your shit movement to the client. It creates a faster change in shit movement. So if you can think about that and think of the iPad only in that silo. Well, then filming this session, like, what do you do? Like, take your tripod and set it up and be like, hey, Sally, but move over here so we can get on my screen for my Instagram reel. Like, no, that's kind of shitty, right? But Miranda isn't coaching. She's chilling, eating fucking some, she's just having lunch. Adam is coaching someone. Adam goes, hey, Miranda, would you mind, I already got permission from the client, would you mind filming my session and cap could just capture a few minutes of my session. I'm going to be going over something with her and I'd like to capture like the three to four minute coaching piece. And that's it. Now the third party is there just capturing, documenting it and it gives you the footage afterwards and you do whatever the fuck you want to it from a content perspective. But you guys are all there and you all have the same goal make more money doing what we love in the fitness industry. It's only going to happen if people are aware of what you do well. And that's only going to happen is if you document it, not everything has to be video. Like we talked about earlier, but I'm telling you a lot of it, especially where you're in your element. Like Adam doesn't like making content, but I guarantee you if I filmed his ass coaching someone and he put it on his YouTube channel, that would probably be cool. because he's like, well, that's what I do naturally. I'm like, I don't want to create artificial content. I would rather what I do naturally be documented. So use each other. This is like the best fucking hack possible. I've got gyms now. There's a course and you guys all have access to it inside of Micro Gym University. It's called, you know, requiring staff to create social media. And this whole idea of the staff is the marketing department. There is no marketing department. Tommy's not made, this is small business America. Homeboy doesn't have fucking 20 grand a month to put in advertisements and billboards and fucking Facebook ads. You are the marketing department because the money that comes in is ultimately getting redistributed to you guys in different amounts. If district, and these are just fucked up fake numbers, has 3,600 followers and he posts anything, less than 10% of the followers see the post. That's how organic social media reach works. If there's five of you and you each have 2,000 followers, that's over 10, that's 10,000 followers. And I guarantee you, your 2,000 followers actually fucking know you. Kylie Jenner's, a fourth of her followers don't actually know her. Oh, that's right. 99% of her followers don't actually know her. You though, me, all of us, the people who follow us on social media are people we probably, we, we lived with, we fucking went to school with, we are friends with, they're our girlfriends, friends, they know us somehow. They're real fucking people. And for most of us, they're hyper local. They actually live in the area, a good percentage of them. So we combine you guys and you all start publishing content about at district. I do this kind of training. I'm the fucking best at working with these kind of clients. And that all gets populated up in the air. Now that even that 10%, you know, shitty organic reach that Instagram places on everybody is now actually somewhat powerful. The key is, is when you guys do this together, it amplifies the brand message. Now, and as long as there's not too much overlap, like we have six coaches at district that all do great, <clears throat> excuse me, with 55-year-old plus after acute injury, that's going to be difficult. But as clients come in and you guys each have your own SME, like, hey, I saw you guys repost something. One of your coaches here does something with skiers. Who's the coach that works with skiers? Like that now, that's it's a direct line to you. That's your client. That's your money. So this is just about like amplifying the brand message together because the more people that come into this facility, the more money everybody makes, including you guys. Um, and you know, we talk about using your social media to tell a story. Is anyone here like I Stu, I would do more social media, like what I do at the gym, because it is important to me. I am proud of what I do at the gym as as a professional, but I just don't like posting my business, like what I do in business on my personal social media. Does anyone feel that way? Anyone? No? We're all good with it? Cool. Great. Here's some awesome examples of uh, individuals who make a fuck ton of money working part to full-time at group fitness class in, in group fitness gyms, okay? And they don't have 100,000 followers. They're just normal motherfuckers. But they've done a great job highlighting what it is that they do. And, you know, in this case, she's one of the top soul cycle instructors, Okay. So she goes around and she trains other soul cycle instructors. But you kind of see this like back and forth between her personal life, you know, with her whatever bag and her leather pants and, you know, the stuff that she's doing in soul cycle. If you read the copy of some of this, she talks about what she looks for in a soul cycle instructor, how she likes to train newbies, blah, blah, blah. You know, you look at her stories, she's constantly sharing where she's teaching, where she's training, and when. So it's a part of her persona and her friends, family, and coworkers right? They all see that. And it's easier for shit to get shared that way. And I've got a ton of examples. These are all inside of micro University. I kind of break them all down. Tommy will share that information with you guys. But you can incorporate what you do as a professional into your own personal social. And if you don't enjoy social like Adam, which I completely fucking get, there's no reason that there can't be an extension of what you do, written word, I recommend Substack or medium, um, and start posting and publishing your words. With The the and everyone thinks like nobody does blogs and shit anymore. That's such a lie. The hustle, which is one of the most, I mean, it was just acquired by for like eight million dollars by um by HubSpot. Like it, that, that's an online blog about business and entrepreneurship. That's all it was, and like the, the written word is still extremely fucking powerful, guys. But if you are in the social media and you do share pictures of your cat and your grandma, there are other ways for you to incorporate. What it is that you do professionally. And then the next thing that happens is you get that DM. An old college roommate or friend of yours is like, hey, I didn't know you were, uh, you were into that now. I actually just moved to the area. I'm looking to join a gym, but I haven't done anything since college. Like, and that's how business is made. That's how people start, you know, get hearing from you. But one thing we cannot do, we cannot look at the business we work within. I don't care if it's district, orange theory or whatever and sit there patiently with your mouth closed and expect to get fed. You've got to make some goddamn noise. Then noise is just simply, my name is Stu, and I think I'm fucking awesome at solving this one kind of problem. If you have this kind of problem, you can find me at District. I'd love to work with you and see how I can help you solve your problem. That's how you make significantly uh, as much money as you'd want. In your niche of fitness while still getting to do what you want to do. I hate seeing coaches who have to leave the fitness industry because they couldn't make the money they wanted and they go get a job they don't want to do, but the money's better. Like you had the opportunity. You have the fucking runway right in front of you and you're in a small business. You know, you're not going to get fucking bonked by HR. You don't have to deal with all the bullshit. You you guys get to take a Zoom meeting fucking making ramen noodles or whatever like and hanging out. Like it seems like you guys all kind of get along and life is pretty good. You got a great opportunity. There's no better opportunity to make the amount of money you want and be fulfilled than there is working for a small business because trust me. Owners like Tommy, I, you know, myself and other people, we we are looking for other people to get more businessy with us. We're looking for other people to, to help grow the brand and to grow with us and to provide them opportunities. And, and that's where, you know, again, you know, uh, those of you guys who decide to speak up about what it is you're great at, you'll create more opportunities for yourself within district or outside of it than you'll ever think possible. But there's two things you have to do and it's very scary. You have to hit record or you have to write or you have to talk. And then the next scariest thing is you have to hit upload or publish. Those are those are the gatekeepers. Without doing those two fucking things, you're subject to having a very probably unfulfilling and uh, career in the fitness industry when it when it absolutely doesn't have
2: to be. All oh, you, Tommy. Awesome guys. So, like I said, uh, Stu's been gracious
1: enough to give us some of his time he's a very busy individual so now is the time to ask questions or share concerns or anything it is that you guys are going through because getting access to him is is tough so unless you unless you guys want to work with him individually but
2: now's the time to ask you have his full undivided so uh one of the things that we kind of talked about from an internal perspective is like everything that we have to say we feel like has been said a thousand times it has. And Tommy, Tommy had mentioned like if you're, you had said if you're not pissing forty nine percent of people off, then you're not doing it right. Yeah. So is that? I was that was like my, my main question. Like, is that the case where we're trying to just, you know, ruffle some feathers? Um, the Beatles didn't invent the G chord, the
0: H chord, the A chord, or the C chord. They just put it together in a unique way. Greg Glassman didn't invent pull ups, running, and deadlifts. He just put it together in a unique way. I promise you, your thoughts have been thought before, but you take your thoughts with your unique experiences and your stories as to how you've come to those thoughts and then how you think other people could benefit, learn, improve by those thoughts. And now you have a hybrid, you have a Frankenstein, right? Yes, you're right. The topic, there are coaches that are poor professionals and they're not worth the money and they are fucking fakes and they got their online certification and that's it. That's been said. But you were then able to create a framework based around like, Okay, well, I honestly believe, like I think I said, like I believe there's like seven characteristics you can see in a good coach. And I guarantee you the seven that you had, if I Googled them, no one else has written an article called the seven point framework to determine whether your coach is worth a shit or not. Now it's uniquely yours. We are all saying the same things. Anyone like if you follow guys who do content, Gary Vaynerchuk says the same 12 things over and over and over and over again. They're just said in slightly different ways every time. And have you ever noticed your clients, you have to repeat coaching cues, verbal coaching cues to them over and over and over again, because we're all dumb mammals with the inability to retain information. Like our brains are fucking not very efficient things, okay? And I would argue that if it's been said over and over again, it's the point of concept, the POC is proven. People are interested in it. You just got to take your unique spin on it. And your I can already tell like your demeanor and your like, kind of like attitude on it is going to be unique. It's a little bit more aggressive. It's a little bit more in your face, a little bit more, more, no bullshit. And trust me, a guy like myself can appreciate that. I think you're going to have a unique voice in the fitness space, talking about the quality control and creating non-shit coaches. I, so I was
3: like, thinking the whole time you're talking I was like what would be my niche like I have but mine's not very like it is fitness related because of what I went past like what I went through the past year so I have Tourette's I went to the CrossFit Games as an adaptive athlete I won the CrossFit Games in the neuromuscular division but I don't know how to transfer all of the like honestly, all the shit I went through to even get there. I don't
0: see that. So here's the great thing. I'm your, I'm literally someone who li- listen and watch anything you put out. Cause I'm sitting here like, so what you swear a lot. I don't even understand the basic under definition of Tourette's. Like there is such a <laughs> low level of understanding of what Tourette's is to begin with. Yeah. So there's education there. But if I were to ask you, yeah. what's one, you said I went through the shit. Give me one thing you went through that was really difficult.
3: Uh, I got told yes. And then as soon as I won my division, I got it rescinded.
0: Literally. Do you like, what's your meat, what's your content preferred medium writing, video, audio?
3: Um, writing. I do, I do a Tourette's fact Tuesday, like on my Instagram, like, but it's like, and I try to relate it to fitness, but that would be like kind of opening the door. I feel like more to just like the full adaptive. And I feel like I don't know that. You know, I know mine, but not a lot of people have just that's
0: me. I love these two things. Number one, the, I would be writing an article tonight called, I got, I got, you know, I won the, I, you know, I won my, I punched my ticket to the CrossFit Games and they took it away from me. Here's the story of how that happened. And tell your story, like tell exactly what happened and how you got there and all that stuff. And then number two, right, when you went ahead and you said like, well, I don't know how exactly, you know, To distill that down and like because it's just your truth that's the best content one thing i get a lot of shit for i stand up and i make some definitive statements like you should not do this and that's my marketing brain knowing that i'm going to get that 51 49 love on the content but if like tommy will tell you when you get me in real life i'm really more like okay How did it work for you? What was your experience? This was my experience. I'm very much more low key. Like it's better to speak to how it worked for you and be like, hey, this is my story. This is my truth. Because there's nobody who's ever said, this is my truth that nobody can't relate to. You may not have experienced it, but we can all relate to something. I just listened to a podcast from a stand-up comedian talking about how he absolutely bombed on, a, on his Netflix special. And it was the most embarrassing whatever thing ever. I've never, I don't have a Netflix special, but I gave a keynote three years ago that I was not very proud of and how it went. And I instantly, I was able to relate to everything he said. And he recommended a book that I wrote down Cause it helped him kind of reframe his thought process when he does public speaking. And, and so like, everyone's able to relate to it, even though they don't have the exact experience, but you are, you have such a unique one. You have such a niche there. Just talking about your experience and like, what are the training challenges with someone with Tourette's, yeah. right? Like, wh- like what training challenges exist? What life challenges exist? The next time, what kind of Tourette's do you have? Like specifically, is it a Twitch? Is it a thing? Is it a whatever?
3: All of it. Uh, Tourette's is motor and vocal.
0: Okay. See, this is, I'm learning so much right now. Like <laughs> literally the next time your Tourette's pops up, shows up, whatever the verbiage is that I should be saying. Um, and it, it makes it, it makes for an awkward moment in your life. Talk about
2: that. Yeah.
0: Like, you know, um, I had a buddy's younger brother and I'm thinking about it. He had Tourette's and it would, it was like an arm thing. And I remember every time I'd go for dinner, he always knocked over like the fucking glass of milk or whatever you we were drinking. It would always, and like the, my, the next time that happens, do you want a date or something like that? Tell that fucking story, right? Like share, how be vulnerable with your thing because that's the antithesis. People who have things that aren't, you know, blah, they can be like, I don't want to talk about that. It makes me hurt. Talk about your vulnerabilities and share with them. It'll be therapeutic for you and you're going to help some real fucking people. And that's the stuff that <laughs> it explodes on, on social media.
2: Cool. thanks.
0: You got it.
1: Anyone else you guys?
3: I was just gonna say, do you have like a, when you are posting things, do you kind of follow the typical protocol of like planning a month in advance and posting something every single day? Or how do you go about that?
0: Yeah, so I do, I like creation, batching content, scheduling, and then day to day. Now I don't have to worry about creating anything unless something cool happens in the day, right? So I do like that. Now, what I don't like about that is it gives people permission, like, well, okay, I guess I need to like spend five days making all the content. And then they take 20 days to edit all the content. And then they take another two weeks. And they haven't made a dick. So what I tell people, start off slow, literally go and say, today, I am going to create one to two things. I'm then going to schedule those things for the next two days, one thing on each day. While those things are scheduled, I don't have to worry about posting anymore. I'm going to create two more things on day one, the next day, and then two more things on day two. Now we have four posts batched. And you rinse and repeat that process. The key here is, is reruns. I post like WTF Gym Talk will post up to nine times a day. Okay. Now I have a live new content that comes out every month. We do, I have an entire editing team and we do somewhere in the vicinity of like 30 new videos a month. But I still to post nine times a month, you do the math. I am replaying old content constantly, constantly, because guess what? It's brand spanking new to somebody because not everyone sees it. Everyone's like, oh, no, I already posted that. It's like, and I hate picking on women on this, but like, I already wore that outfit. I can't wear that outfit again. Like, bullshit. No, some people have seen it, but how many times have you seen a video and you watched it again anyway? Like, you saw that video already. You still watch the hook of it. Right. You know, it's again, if I said 15 minutes will save you 15 percent or more on car insurance, you know, the brand. And, you know, even though it popped up one time with a lizard, one time with a caveman, one time with that other fucker, like it's all it's different mediums, even though the messaging is the same. Let your reruns happen. Reruns are great. They're needed.
2: Okay.
1: And Stu, you have in uh, MGU University, the ability of how to take one piece of content. And turn it into 27 right that's uploaded in there yeah okay awesome i'll share that with all you guys too to how to how to create some long-form content and then you can split that up into like 30 different posts without having to to reinvent the entire wheel too correct
0: anything else you got before i let mr brower leave And listen, if anyone thinks of anything afterwards or something you wanted to ask in private or some shit, just stew at wtfgymtalk.com. Just shoot me an email. I'm more than happy to answer it for you. Awesome. Stu. Awesome. thanks again for your time today, man. Um, really, guys, really appreciate it.
1: Thank you very my much. My pleasure.
3: Thank you. My
0: pleasure. You, anytime, guys. Anytime. Tommy, I'll talk with you soon, brother. All
2: right, man. See ya. All right, bye-bye. All right, guys. So...